Hey friends, Insta Disney Dad here, and after a little hiatus, I am back and I am ready. And man, do I got a show for you here today. And I definitely want to first of all apologize to everyone. I I know I've been missing for a little while, but I'm back. I'm ready for it, and we're gonna have a good time today. And in a bunch of future episodes, once again, thank you to my friend uh, Troy Sandy for coming here. Ever since Troy's been on the show, I have received an overwhelming amount of requests to actually be a guest on the show. So whether you're local, whether you are international, national, whatever it might be, let me know. We'll figure it out. We'll get a way to get you on the show because I want to have as many people on the show as possible. I know that Troy's already got quite a few topics on his mind that he wants to already bring up since the last time he was in the uh, studio here. So... We'll definitely make sure we keep visiting and bringing guests in here uh, as the weeks go on. Today, I want to talk about three topics. I'm going to kick off, first of all, uh, my thoughts on Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I had the opportunity to go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and I definitely have some opinions. And you're going to be maybe a little blown away because you know that I'm so positive Disney for everything that maybe my opinion on this may shock you a little bit. So we'll talk about that. Also, I get a lot of people asking me, Instant Disney Dad, what do you think? Disneyland versus Disney World. So I'll uh, share my opinions and the ups and downs of both of those. And then also, Disney Plus launched, and I definitely have some thoughts and want to talk about that too. So why don't we do it right now? Let's kick off the beginning of episode number seven. You are listening to the Insta Disney Dad podcast. From Disney tips and tricks, must-dos, product reviews, special guests, and more, this is your weekly destination for everything Disney. This is the Insta Disney Dad Podcast. Like I said, welcome to episode seven. So let's kick it off with our first topic, which is my thoughts and feelings on Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. One thing that I do want to clear, first of all, is that many people believe that this is basically its own theme park and its own theme park is definitely not the case. It is inside of Disney's Hollywood Studios. So when you go to Disney, you're not going to say, oh, I want to go to Star Wars Land. No, it is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge located inside of Hollywood Studios. My wife and I had the opportunity. We went through and actually got to tour all of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And we were very lucky because we were there. It was after opening week, which was kind of after right after that hurricane that was going through, which we should have gone during then. We we changed our trip. We didn't go because we were nervous that we weren't going to be able to do anything. We're going to be, you know, confined to a room, but that is definitely far from the truth. We are actually, from everything I heard, uh, most lines had maybe a five minute wait or were literally walk on. So you actually spent more time going through the queue than you did actually riding the ride or standing in line. But anyways, that's fine. Neither here nor there, but we did have the opportunity to wake up at 5 a.m. and to enter the park at 6 a.m. because they had extended park hours for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. The minute that you walk in there, and I mean literally the minute that you walk in through basically the tunnel that brings you to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, you definitely do feel like you are in Batuu. And it it is an amazing job of what they did and how they created this land to really just overwhelm you with the amount of attention to detail. And I mean, you see, you see Chewie walking around, you see a bunch of droids that are just hanging out. Um, either being worked on or, I mean, their heads move, they interact with you. 
uh, stormtroopers just walking around, basically kind of trying to keep order. Some of them are a little bossy, and if you look at my Instagram, at InstaDisneyDad, I definitely have some pictures on there. Um, and I'll be put, putting more up there, too. I got I got so far behind on all the videos that I posted. I also have uh, my review on Oga's Cantina, which don't worry, I'm going to talk about it right now. But there is just so much going on there that you really need to stop and just appreciate it first before you start kind of picking things apart. One of the things about the land is that and I find disappointing is the minute that you walk in there, I think everything goes up by at least $2 or more. Granted, the Coke bottles that I got were cool. Um, and I have a picture of those on my Instagram as well. So you definitely got to check them out. But those are, I mean, they're literally five. Oh my gosh, I can't remember now. I think there was like $6 a piece for a bottle of Coke. Now, one thing that I will add to that is, I mean, this is going to be probably your cheapest souvenir that you are going to get while you're in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So keep that in mind. I mean, I brought back multiples for coworkers. Uh, I still have like three bottles sitting here in my office that are just sitting here that I can look at every day. But it's the cheapest souvenir you're going to bring back. And I'm not going to I'm not going to lie about it. I thought that Coca-Cola actually tasted better when I drank it out of them. But that could be because I spent nearly six dollars on it. They definitely left enough room, though, for this for this uh, for this land to expand. So when we were there, we actually had the opportunity to go on the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, which was an amazing ride. Uh, the one thing I would say about it, though, is you have different roles. So you're going to be an engineer or you're going to be a pilot. The engineer role is definitely different than the pilot role because you're sitting basically like you're in a ship and it's very interactive. So like you have buttons that you have to push and they, they highlight and they light up and you're constantly focusing on which button that you actually need to touch versus just being on the ride and like looking straight in front of you so it is definitely very hands-on but I feel like you miss a lot so for a person that stood in line for you know multiple hours to try to get on this ride you could be disappointed if you are if you're one of those people that just likes to look in front of you and doesn't like to participate in the ride I would also be disappointed though if I was just always gonna be the engineer so if every time I went through and as an engineer I'd be disappointed as well because I would like to be the pilot so I could actually focus and see what the ride has to offer. But my wife did make up a great point of where this is a good ride and to be the engineer if you have a little bit of motion sickness. So if you have some motion sickness, you can still do the ride and not worry about nearly feeling as motion sick because you're focusing on other things. Uh, my wife gets a little motion sickness. I get very minor motion sickness with someone like my mom. She would try to go on this ride, and if if she was the pilot, she wouldn't be doing well. But doing doing the engineer stuff, she'd be just fine. One thing I'm really excited about, though, is that we are going to be there for uh, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, the new ride that not many people know about. I know that there's been some leaks and uh, some videos coming out of how this ride is going to interact, but we'll actually be there on December 5th for the grand opening of that ride. So... I will definitely have more reviews on that coming up here, so be ready for that for the upcoming episode. Another thing I want to talk about is, you know, kind of things that you do while you are in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And one of them is the Droid Depot. And the Droid Depot, it's really neat. And I have videos, I have photos of it on my uh, Instagram as well. And again, I'm going to apologize. I have so much video and photos that I started to lose track of what I actually own. So I've been going through and I've been reorganizing all of them. 
So I'll be better about posting a lot more of those. But one of them is of the droid, uh, the droid depot. One thing I will say is definitely make sure that if you are going to go into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and you are one of those Star Wars nuts, that you make sure that you bring extra money. Or don't even worry about what you're charging on that magic band and don't even look at the bill. Just say, take my money and just pay it. Because the minimum droid price and the lowest droid price, I would say, was about $100. And that was just to build this generic droid with just a few pieces to it. But I was seeing people walk out of here with droids that were costing on the upward ends of $250 to $300. Now, I mean, they had literally every moving part and it was very customized. So it's really up to, you know, whoever it's whoever's doing it. But the average one from what I noticed was probably around about 150 bucks. I talked to about 15 people, asked them, you know, what they made, what the different parts meant and, you know, why they made basically the one that they did. And the last thing I asked them is, how much did it cost you? <laughs> and they definitely were not, they weren't shy to say that, how much it costs. And they definitely shared that. So just keep that in mind. If you're going to be one of those people that's going to go there, I almost fell into it too. I, I really wanted to build the DJ droid, um, but they don't allow that to be built. I just have to, have to buy it for 150 bucks. But it's, um, it's definitely a fun activity to do. So I highly recommend it. If you have the money and you're one of those people that really wants to do it. Other than that, uh, hand, lightsabers as well. I mean, that's awesome too. You can build your own lightsaber. Kind of same concept though. Uh, the more parts that you add to it, the more pieces you add to it, uh, the more expensive it's going to get. And if I remember correctly, the lightsaber started around about 150 bucks. I can't remember exactly, but that is that is definitely kind of a starting price caliber area. So just just keep that in mind. The other area that I want to talk about, though, is Ogre's Cantina, and there's so much hype around this place. And I guess I don't understand the hype around it. First of all, it, it is a cool it is a cool bar, and I, I would definitely still recommend people go in and check it out and try it out. Um, I mean, the minute you walk in there, it definitely looks like you are in a bar in what would be in Batu. Uh, you got DJR3X, you know, playing in the kind of the corner, just ints, ints, ints. But... <laughs> They have a couple of rules in this area. First of all, it's a two, it's a two drink max uh, per person and a 45 minute maximum stay. So they really do a good job of making sure they keep you on track with where you're at and how, uh, how much time you have left and also how many drinks you've actually consumed. My wife and I, we weren't overly impressed. We both ordered some food and uh, I can remember ordering the, the, the one drink I remember ordering was the Bloody Mary. And I can't remember exactly what it's called. I have the picture of the uh, menu on my on my phone here, but the uh, the actual Bloody Mary definitely tasted like I was just drinking pizza sauce. And I was really I had higher hopes for it. And this could just be me. I'm not. If if you're a Bloody Mary fan, I could be completely off here. But I, I like it to be a little more watered down. I like to have more of that tomato juice taste to it than I do, you know, like something I should be spreading on a pizza. Overall, I definitely still think it's something that everyone should at least try to experience, go in. Uh, they do have non-alcoholic beverages as well. But I mean, between my wife and I, we, we spent almost $60 on two drinks and a little small meal. So it does get expensive. Actually, I'm sorry. I think it was, I think it was a total of three drinks because I had two and she had one. Anyways... 
definitely have to try it out, but I wouldn't wait for hours to get into there. If you can get a fast pass, or not a fast pass, but if you can get a, uh, if you can get a reservation, great. But don't waste your time just trying to get in there. I can't believe it. I'm already at 12 minutes into the show, and I should probably move on here because I still have two more topics left. So that's what I'm going to do right now. Don't worry. I will touch more on Star Wars Galaxy's Edge on another episode, but I want to make sure that we keep continuing to move on to the to the next topic. So next topic right now is Disneyland versus Disney World. Now, this is a question that I get all the time from coworkers, from friends, family, etc. Asking, where should we go? Should we go to Disney World or should we go to Disneyland? And my, my response is always the same. You should technically, in my opinion, go to both. And I'm going to talk about kind of a couple different determining factors. First of all, how much time do you have? If you only have a few days to go, so for example, like a, like a long extended weekend, I would actually maybe recommend going over to Disney, uh, Disneyland in California. Great thing about Disneyland in California is they got Disneyland Park and they also have Disneyland California Adventure Park. And they're located literally right across from each other. One of the other great things too is the Disney themed hotels and they do have good neighborhood hotels as well. But I usually use one of the Disney themed hotels just because they're right there and they're within walking distance. All you have to go through is uh, downtown Disney. And granted, let's face it, you want to go through shops anyways. But the downtown Disney shops area, you walk through that from your hotel and you go right to the entrances of Disneyland Park and Disney California Adventure Park. Now, the differences, though, is your Disneyland Park is going to be a lot more similar to, for example, like what Magic Kingdom is. It's going to have the same you know, Adventureland, Tomorrowland, Fantasyland, etc., one thing that I did like more about Disneyland versus Disney World, though, is the characters are kind of roaming around more freely. Um, I was able to snap a lot of great photos, get a lot of great shots, or just even get a quick selfie with the with the characters as they were just walking around the park in Disney uh, Disneyland versus if I were in Magic Kingdom at uh, Walt Disney World. So I did like that. Another thing that I really like, too, is that you were definitely, you felt like you were part of the original magic uh, when you were in Disneyland. And there's a lot of rides that are actually different than what you'd see at Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom, which really makes it really neat too, because a lot of people think that it's basically just a clone of one park to the other, and that is not it at all. So keep that in mind that you're going to have two totally different experiences. You might see some of the similar things. I mean, Mickey is going to be the same. They're going to have a lot of the same foods. Um... But in the long run, the parks are different and they do have different experiences. And that's one of the great uh, pieces of trying to tell someone you have to experience both. So really look at how much time you have. One of the great things that I also think about uh, Disney uh, Disneyland as well is the Disney California Adventure Park. They have a whole focused area for, for example, cars. Um, they also have their Pixar Pier, uh, which has all the different Pixar movies. Um, and it's got a lot of different, a lot of different things and themes to it. So I, I would highly recommend if you have, you know, three, four, maybe five days, but you know, that long extended weekend, three to four day weekend, hop over to California, go to Disneyland park, California adventure park. You're going to enjoy it because it, first of all, it is Disney and you're going to have a great time. However, if you do have more time, you want to take a quick trip down you understand kind of the ins and outs of Walt Disney World, then why not do Walt Disney World? But no matter which park you do, you're going to have a great time. 
I just find that I definitely need at least five to seven days when I'm with family or when I'm, you know, with my daughter and uh, to make sure that I have more time to get around Walt Disney World just because it is so much bigger. It's not as compact and you just need that extra time. And I, I definitely, I was stressed too. Recuperation time. I mean, it is the thing. You definitely need to make sure that you make time to rest, to go back to the room, to take that break from your day because you are going to need it. You will get exhausted. It's it's not if, it's just when it happens. So that's my that's my quick overall thoughts on it. We can definitely dive into it more on another episode. But I do want to make sure that we still talk about pretty much one of the hottest topics right now on all of social media. And I know that people like, for example, Netflix are feeling threatened by it right now. But it is, of course, our next topic, which is... Disney Plus. Finally, it is here. They have unlocked the vault for all of basically anything that has ever been Disney related and ex- and created and produced. It is overwhelming. If you have not had a chance to look at Disney Plus, and I'm I don't get any free membership from them. I am a D23 member, so I do get a little bit of a discounted rate on it, but I pay for that membership too. So whatever. I highly recommend taking the opportunity to look at it because if you have kids, if you if you want to have some of that nostalgia of, you know, when you were younger, the things that you used to watch, they're going to be on there. I mean, Disney, Hulu, ESPN, um, you can stream all of the Disney throwbacks. And I'm talking originals all the way up to, um, you know, what was on the Disney Channel. Um or ABC. I mean, back in the day when I was, you know, doing TGIF, I mean, it was like Boy Meets World. That's on there. The Simpsons is on there. Uh, Pixar movies, shorts, Marvel movies. I mean, there is so much on there. It is overwhelming. I actually, and this is my, one of my thoughts on it, and I thought that they could have maybe been just slightly smarter about rolling out. So, a little bit of my background. I work in IT. And basically, I work in digital marketing, and I, I'm used to having to roll out items and phases and projects and phases because there's sometimes of where if you put too much out there, people are going to get so overwhelmed they're actually not going to use the feature, and that's actually what happened to me. And I, for someone that actually deals with this every day with my you know my big boy job, I was very overwhelmed. I actually finally just the other day. And by other day, I mean this morning. Started going through all of the different options that were inside of Disney Plus, all the different titles, all the different uh, you know sorting functionality. I mean, and it is done brilliantly. But there is so much on there that you don't know where to start. So check it out. Let me know what your thoughts about it too. Um, I want to know what your favorite TV shows are, what your favorite movies are, and we'll definitely be talking about this more often. But I want to say. I think that Disney definitely set a new precedence with putting Disney Plus out there. Netflix definitely did a great job of, you know, kind of revolutionizing the streaming services now, but I think it's going to take a lot of work for Netflix to now catch up to the amount of demand that Disney Plus is going to bring to the uh, to the normal household, and I'm nervous that they're going to lose users, and I I think that we need to be have a competitive market. I think that Netflix needs to make sure that they keep competitive you know, there's there's rumors that they're talking about trying to merge with, for example, Universal. 
And if they do that, Universal, Nickelodeon, etc. And if they do that, that'd be great. I, I really, I have no problem paying for two streaming services. So like I said, that is my feelings. That's my thoughts on Disney+. Plus. If you have not had a chance to check it out, haven't downloaded it yet, I have, if I remember correctly, I believe that uh, Verizon uh, users get it for free for the first year. I could be completely wrong on that, so please don't quote me. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm on at t so I have to pay for it, so I don't know. Whatever. But that's my thoughts on Disney+. Plus. That's going to bring us to the end of episode number seven. Thank you so much for joining me today. I can't believe it. We... We took off a couple week hiatus and now I'm back and I can't wait to keep uh, bringing you more information about Disney. Also, when I go through the private tours that we're going to be going through in the uh, beginning of December here, I definitely will have a lot. Also, I will be making sure to up upload more content, more videos. I'm, I'm constantly working on it, but I have to go back through and reorganize everything. So that will be coming up once again. Find me on Facebook. Instagram, preferably Instagram, because I am Insta Disney Dad. So look for me at Insta Disney Dad. If you look at my Facebook, I got nothing on there. So Instagram is the way to go. Also, uh, if you're looking for someone to plan your next vacation for you, especially that's not going to charge you any fees to do it for their services, call my friends at Bell Destinations. Belldestinations.com. Proud partner of the show. So make sure you give them a give them an opportunity. Like I said. No fee, stress-free vacation planning with my friends at Bell Destinations. Once again, thank you guys. Have a great day. Have a great, big, beautiful tomorrow, friends. See you next episode.